This is our first installment of a segment of our show called... And Another Thing. <laughs> and Another Thing. <laughs> so Jonathan and I realize that there are plenty of things that we want to talk about that we forget about when we record actual episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we figured, yeah, hey... We're not very good at like keeping track of what we want to talk about. <laughs> right. So this is going to be sort of like a hot take kind of thing. A few th- topics that were on our minds that we didn't want to forget about when we record next. So, Jonathan, what's our first hot take? So, well, this will lead into our main topic, I think. Uh, so recently, after ordination, I've had a lot of new Twitter followers. Yeah, you've been, like, so, rolling in it, man. Well, not a whole lot, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. The interesting thing, though, recently I've had, I had my first internet troll. Yes, yes, say uh, more. <laughs> so... I often tweet about comic book related things because I mm. like comic books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this person, I'm not even going to pick it up to read read what he said, but no. something to the effect of, you're a priest now, you need to put away child childish things. Right. Uh, Referring to comic books. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then somebody else picked up on that and was even more disgusting. Right. And that you was my re- first time reporting someone. I hope you reported him too. Um, I did not because I don't think that it, I was. I think it like makes it unavailable at that point. Actually, I'll go back and look at it. It I'll was it unavailable. Un- I had to go. I had to go in and and like click to see it. So somebody oh. did, I guess, if that's how that works. Anyway, oh, anyway, I was having these trolls, and it really kind of shocked me. Like people still think that it's inappropriate to engage the imagination. Hmm. Is that what's happening? Well, so for some context, you were tweeting about a movie franchise with, that had to do with comic books, and the troll said something along the lines of "Grow up, you know these are sixth yeah. grade things, you know yeah. deal with deal with reality or at least with something more sophisticated." Yeah, right, right, right. Um, so it wasn't explicitly about like engaging in fantasy because I'm sure if you had tweeted something about Lord of the Rings, there yeah, would have been who knows? like. But see, that's the thing, like. It's it's so ridiculous how some of these things get get that label and some don't. Like, mm-hmm. okay, comic books are not at the same level as Lord of the Rings. They don't have that same depth. But they're pretty darn deep. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot that you can do. One of my favorite things that I only started in my last year of teaching uh, was to play an episode of Winnie the Pooh <laughs> hmm. for, my, for my freshman stu- scripture students. Mm-hmm. Um, for no other reason than th- than to get their imagination working and to get them to think about real life topics where they wouldn't normally think to find them, and yeah. they're all over. Like, especially with older cartoons like that, they're all, the morality is all over, and so it's easier with that stuff. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, anyway. I, I, I think part of the problem is that with comic books is that comic books themselves have changed in the last thirty years. Um, right. Right, they're not the Sunday morning, you know, funny papers anymore. They're not the funnies, but they're also not the what is it the the super twins or the the super friends from you know <laughs> from like Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, yeah. So they've become grittier. Like in the 1980s through the 1990s, you start having more serious stories told through, and I think a lot of this is credited not to Marvel but to DC Comics. Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, 89 Batman was the first like dark take that he had. Mm-hmm. And then you had, like, 94, The Shadow came out, and then Mm. The Phantom. So you had all of these dark, 
hero superhero movies coming out around that early 90s. Yeah, um, yeah. And then they got campy. And I think we've talked about this, how that's, that might be just the natural evolution of comic book movies, that they go from dark to gritty to campy to lighthearted. To, yeah, yeah, you know, and then back around uh, with the reboot. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that people still think of comic books in terms of like, okay, we're not thinking in terms of you know Frank Miller's Daredevil or Frank Miller's Dark Knight. Right, we're not thinking right. in terms of V for Vendetta. You know, we're thinking more in terms of Archie, uh, you know, or uh, Garfield. Yeah, and Aquaman riding on the uh, on the flying fish. What is that? Is that the GIF? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or on a, a seahorse. On a seahorse, exactly. So Which I, he I did think in the movie, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think for you and me, it's very clear that like we don't need to defend comic books because what they are fundamentally is stories that are painted, right? So like yes. Yes. You know, if there's stories that are painted, then if you have issues with comic books as a genre, you know, well, then you should also mm-hmm. have issues with art generally. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, I don't f- I don't feel the need to defend comic books. But the thing that really bugs me, I remember seeing where what it might have been in Berkeley or somewhere like that, where I saw this bumper st- bumper sticker that said, like, re- religion is nothing more than, you know, fairy tale or something. it was quippier than that um but instead of like being upset at how poorly they understood religion i was really upset at how they understood fairy tale <laughs> yeah yeah because like this again this is such an important way of how we explore uh we explore our imagination and this is such a wonderfully catholic thing to do as well and that's the other part yeah um yeah that frightens me yeah, the concern is not about the object of the imagination. The crisis is in the imagination itself. So mm-hmm. if people are unwilling or unable to engage the imagination, then that's the real crisis. You know, the, the real crisis right. is there. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm sorry you had to experience that troll, but I was actually kind of glad for you too because that's sort of a <laughs> rite of passage. That's right, yeah. I, I have experienced that now. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to handle it. <laughs> yeah, well... You, t- I think you care my, about what people say too much. <laughs> yeah, I think my ego is a little too fragile for that. Um, yeah, you need to get over that. I know, I know, I know. I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm working on it. Um, well, it'll well, happen. Anyway, You'll have a troll. Yeah. So I think we, this is a good segue for us to talk about, so a movie that came out recently that we both wanted uh-huh. to touch on because we both saw it. So Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home. Came out last week on, tu- as we record, it came out last Tuesday. Um, yeah. And... You saw it first, and then you told me to go mm-hmm. watch it. Yep. I thought you would like it. Uh, so before we go any further, I think it's fair to say that this will be a spoiler-rich conversation. Yeah. So yeah. if you have not, if anybody is actually listening to this, if you have not yet seen the movie, pause now, go watch it, and then come back. And then unpause. <laughs> and then unpause, yeah. Yes, but leave it paused the whole time. <laughs> leave it paused the whole time, and then come back. Okay, um, so I'm just gonna go right on out there and tell you what I thought. Tell me. I did not like it. Ooh, okay. Same <laughs> more. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that you told you thought that I would like it. Well, there are things about it that I really want to talk about. Okay, so why don't you go into that and then, yeah, why don't you go? No, into no, no. That. Tell me why you didn't like it. I okay, think that'll be a better way to go about okay. this. Okay, so I was severely severely getting frustrated well okay how do i want to start the first moment okay the first the first moment in the movie that i found myself getting agitated and and truth be told i should probably rewatch it because it was like a bug that got implanted in my brain and i became Uh super sensitive to it the rest of the movie and it happened early on i have a i have a really good idea 
of what you're of what you're frustrated with. But go on. I don't know if you do. Okay, so I'll just <laughs> say it, and then you can confirm or deny. Okay. I got very aware, hyper aware, of the absence of religion in the Marvel universe. Hmm. And it became especially clear because there was a line, and it was almost a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. They were in Venice. Uh-huh. And the professor said, we're going oh, to the, the Divin- gods. No, 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 no. We're going to the Da Vinci Museum. Uh-huh. That's the only reason to go to Venice is <laughs> for the Da Vinci Museum. Uh-huh. Why else would you go to Venice? <laughs> hmm. And I thought to myself, hold on a second. No one's going to challenge him on this. No one's going to say, hey, you can go to this amazing church that's here in the square of you know, the main city there yeah. or whatever. Like, I've never been to Venice, so I don't know anything. Well, it's, but like, suppos- it's supposedly a science trip, remember? fair enough fair enough it's a science trip but like why else go to venice other than to go see da vinci there's no other reason there is no other reason and then i started noticing it throughout the whole film is that everything and this is true all across the board with the mcu everything is about science and i love science i am a scientist i appreciate science clearly and it's an important and beautiful mode of knowing but i started to become very aware that everything had to have Uh a scientific explanation in order for it to be true yeah and to have value. And I was just like, you know what? Truth be told, if you zoom out, that's kind of true of the entire MCU. Everything mm-hmm. is about science. And there was, a, there was a line earlier on in Thor 1 where Thor makes it to Earth and they start talking about magic. And he said, magic is just science that you don't understand yet. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I and remember I, that. And I started to get really annoyed and thinking about this throughout the entire movie. Just, I became very sensitive is that like everything was technocratic. Everything was scientific. Everything had uh-huh. a, a mechanical explanation. Nothing was – there was no suspension of disbelief. Everything had to yeah. have an explanation. Um, now, was Mysterio in the comic books and in the cartoon – I know more. I know him more from the cartoon than I do from the comic books. Um, I remember him being just like magic-y. Like that was his thing, magic. He was a magician, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Uh, and they then found a way to explain it away by, yeah. you know, literally smoke and mirrors. I mean. Yeah. So there's a there's a villain in DC called Kadabra, I want to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. He's a Flash, a Flash villain. And he, so he does what you're talking about. He's from the future and has created his technology or has like disguised his technology to look like magic to our puny 21st century minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like his whole shtick that only the, you know, the people that know that he's from the future know about. Mm-hmm. To everybody mm-hmm. else, it's just magic. I don't know, yeah, I don't know much enough about Mysterio to say if this was like a new, okay, I just a looked new it up. hot take on him. No, I just looked it up. So according to Wikipedia, his abilities in the comics are special effects and illusion expert, master hypnotist and magician, amateur chemist and roboticist, and exceptional hand-to-hand combat. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so I think the so movie So it was did, all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and I just, I became very sensitive throughout the whole movie because I, the night before I saw Spider-Man, I had just seen, like, for the second, for like the 30th time, I saw Groundhog Day. And <laughs> I love that movie, as you know. And uh-huh. I realized, like, the one question you should not ask at the end of that movie is, how did that happen? Right. Yes. Exactly. Because that's missing the point. Right. The whole point of the whole movie. You know, is to experience what this person is going through rather than to ask questions of the how. And I just kind of felt like this movie was leaning very hard on the how. 
Yes, and now here's a question. Here, maybe this is the question that we should be asking. Can a movie like Groundhog Day be made today? There it is. See, I don't know because everything <laughs> has to be mediated through science yeah. and through an explanation. Yeah, or like, um, oh, what was it? Oh, in Endgame and in the Game of Thrones finale, like we're seeing this all across the board that these storylines are being wrapped up in a neat little package. Um, they're telling you exactly how, not not necessarily how this happened, but here's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. Rather than, you know, some of these older TV shows or storylines where that's not, that's not what we care about. You know, and again, this is the problem with going in and teaching scripture to, well, to anybody really, um, is because they're looking for like the historical, the historicity of it. Right, right. And is this true? Of, is this true for historically? For most of ancient, ancient literature, regardless of whether or not it's scripture, like that's just not a question that people cared about. <laughs> right, right. Is there a truth that's being told? Uh, and how is that being told? Like those are the more important things. Right. It goes back to your whole thing about myth, right? So Yeah, exactly, exactly. Myth or, or fairy tales, as you said before, it's like... Mm -hmm. Fairy tales and myth are true in a mode of knowing that isn't scientific. And right. that's precisely the problem. It's this poetic form of knowledge that's just completely absent from uh, current, you know, current sympathy and current education. And I just, I just found a lot in this movie that there was really nothing beyond science, right? And it was a science yeah. trip, I get it. But it was, just, it was hard for me to look beyond that. Um, well, and that's the problem. When you get rid of the imagination, then you, you're stuck basically in two camps. You're going to either become a fundamental, a fundamentalist, um, where it's only black and white, or you're going to become this extreme relativist, hmm. where it doesn't really matter. You know, you you decide what's right. true. Right. Um, right. Yeah. 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 That's a big. That's a problem. Um, and I don't now, really know what how to fix that. Yeah, and my and also the other the other part of the movie that I really struggled with is that. I I did not like the post credit scene, um, because Which one? so the actually either one of them, but the main one that I didn't like was the second one, um, uh -huh. where they show you that the whole time it was actually not uh, Nick Fury, but it was you right. know the the Cree or whatever it was the scroll oh the scrolls, uh, and so that was just. It was fine, I guess. It was just they were saying that the whole time, you know, there was deception happening on multiple levels, right? That yeah. there was, okay, well, that's clever, I guess. But I just found it really agitating on some level that it's like, oh, geez, I'm just, I'm not interested in any more of these movies. Like I have so much fatigue. <laughs> okay. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where that's where my and that's where this is where I thought you were going at the beginning of this. Uh, that this was my biggest critique of this movie, that it was so once again so tied in, so connected with the movies that have gone before. Yeah. Like, that's what I loved about the first Spider-Man movie with, uh, what's his face in it? Vulture. Um, yeah. Because, it, I mean, okay, yeah, Tony Stark was in it, but, like, it wasn't an Avengers movie. Right. It set up a lot of things, okay. But, again, it was just about Spider-Man being Spider-Man. That's true. And from the very beginning, like, what was the first scene? It was that Iron Man let's cry about it video from the kids. Yeah. Um, 
and then and, he goes to his grave and like there's all of these things that and there's also a, you... a, a ton of explanation too of like all of the oh, snapping yeah. and explaining what happened to the people yeah. in five years and yeah yeah it's like i don't care about any of that <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i mean it's i guess i guess it's kind of cool to know but like that's not what this movie is supposed to be about it's a well, spider-man okay. movie be a spider-man movie Fun. yeah and i think that's the one thing this movie did really well is that it, so that bracketing that for a second, that's true. There was just too much of like paying homage to Avengers and then also opening up for the next round of movies. Mm-hmm. But in the middle, you did. I, one thing I really yes. appreciated is that Peter Parker in this movie was still Peter Parker. He uh-huh. wanted to be a kid. Yeah, yeah. And no one would let him be a kid. And I right. appreciated the struggle because he was like, it was completely inappropriate for Nick Fury to hijack his trip. Yeah. Like, He's a kid who wants to do kid things with his friends and he's being pushed into this role that he's not ready for and that he doesn't even want. It's mm-hmm. like now granted, you know, maybe there's another way of reading that is like, you know, vocation calls and you answer, but <laughs> right. there's also something you said about like run? the Yeah, but like the innocence of a child like wanting to just be a child. Like that's okay. Like maybe there's an argument here about defending innocence and not letting innocence be yeah. grow up too well, fast. I mean, but how so how can you have that and then try to take away religious imagination? How can you have what? Let the kid be a kid. Like part of what it means to be a kid is to engage your imagination. Yeah. And to develop that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, the whole time he was dreaming about what he wanted to do for Mary Jane. Like he had all these yeah. wonderful imaginative plans and he was uh, scared. MJ. But what did I say? Mary Jane? Yeah. Is that her name in the show? I don't even know. Oh, it might not actually be in this iteration. I think Mary Jane is her name in the in the everything else, but yeah, who knows? Anyway. Her name probably anyway. misses something. Yeah. Um, so tell me why. So you you mentioned that there were two scenes in particular that you wanted me to look for. What were those two scenes? Ooh, did I say that? Yeah, you said two scenes in particular, which I hated while I was watching. I hated that you said that to me because no, I no no no. I told you there were two ending scenes. Uh... <laughs> yeah okay that makes more sense <laughs> there it is there it is Hello. i appreciate that so you really like this movie huh no no so i'm not going that far i mean like my my critique of it being an avengers movie is big like you know that that's the the one thing that i really don't like about the marvel these movies mm-hmm. is that they can't just be on their own Right. And I was so frustrated. Like, I felt relieved when you got in, like, when you finally got into the movie, then it was finally about Spider-Man. Yes. Um, it's like, okay, we can leave all that behind. And then with the post-credit scenes, it's like, oh, nope, we're right back into setting up and mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. you don't, you can't forget that this is a bigger thing than just Spider-Man. Like, ugh, that, yeah. I hate that so much. So yeah. much. Yeah. And it yeah. almost made me like the middle part even less knowing that it was just a setup for that end scene. Hmm. Like yeah. the whole movie in my, in my estimation, that whole movie was just a setup for those end scenes. Yeah, it really was. It was, that's exactly what Captain Marvel was too. Captain Marvel existed for its post credit scene. Yeah. Which I didn't see. And again, I, I feel like not having seen Captain Marvel and now dealing with the scroll, it's like, okay, there's probably something there that I missed, but you know, I really don't care. And I have zero desire to go see that movie. No, and nor should you. It's not worth it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, man, I maybe there's a loss of innocence in me, but I just I'm really tired of Yeah, I don't know. I kind of I kind of feel like after the Avengers ended, this felt like a really good epilogue, okay, but they should not have had a post-credit scene that opened yeah. up a new possibility. Like yeah. I just I kind of I'm ready for it all to be over. And then <laughs> we but it's to, just we need to be finished with this. <laughs> yeah, but it's but just, it's I just mean, like, they're printing their own money, so there's no way that they're actually going to finish. Right. Right. <sighs> anyway, one of the things that I was looking forward to that didn't happen in this movie is that the rumors were that they were going to confirm a multiverse. Yeah, not confirmed. Not confirmed. Because it was and, all nonsense. Right, and I thought they were going to confirm it, which would have been awesome because everywhere on Instagram I was watching people talk about how they could bring in Tobey Maguire and bring in Andrew Garfield. <laughs> like a know. Spider-Verse? <laughs> yeah, and have a Spider-Verse with all of them. And you even yeah. saw like images that fans made of what it would be like to have Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire all together. Yeah, I would like, I liked, I liked Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a very, very good job. Yeah. I thought he did a really good job approximating the ideal, which was Tobey Maguire, but... <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Anyway. Uh, yeah, So, but it was still interesting that, like, they used... Like, he called him 616 Spider-Man, which is the comic book code for, like, universe, prime, the Prime Universe. Hmm. Um, so they did, like, throw around some actual multiverse lingo. Right, But then right. you find out that it was just some dude making stuff up. <laughs> right, 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 right. It was just all yeah. a fiction. Yeah. Well, okay, so maybe as like a general thing, what did you think about uh, like the general theme of don't trust? So that's actually what I really wanted to talk about. Um, because that, yeah, that was a big deal. Like we're struggling with Spider-Man being a teenager and just wanting to be a kid. And then he acts like one. And honestly, acts like a good human being trusting somebody's word. Right. And then turns out he could have destroyed the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's always there's also this whole line of like fake news at the end. Uh-huh. Everything is uh-huh. fake news. Um, oh, is that yeah. what they're going for? Oh, yeah. With the J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> thing. Like it's all oh, fake news. right, right, right. right they right, doctored right, the right. footage and they made it sound as though, yeah. you know, Spider-Man was a villain. Yeah. Do you think that they are trying to go for something like this is what you get for trusting somebody? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I think they're trying to go for something about like you can't trust the media for one. Uh-huh. Um, and also like there's this a whole thing about, you know, illusion in the whole movie, right? Everything is right. never Everything don't trust your senses. Like everything is deception. Make your own truth, you know, Truth is something that you construct on your own because right. you can't trust right. anything that you see. But then, thanks to the Peter Tingle, <laughs> <laughs> he he does see the truth. Like, he sees through the illusion. Mm. Maybe that's maybe that's the, the kernel of goodness there, is that he's able to trust his spidey sense, uh-huh. like, trust his conscience yeah. to move through the deception. Yeah. Through the through the swamp, should I say swamp? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's through, able to. Yeah. The deception of all of these images that are trying to convince him otherwise of the truth. He's able to listen to his heart, listen to his conscience, and be able to follow the mm-hmm. path of righteousness. You know, through that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe well, and so here's the problem though. Um, was that? So I like. I actually really like that. So we go from um, being just 
trusting, which is a good thing, and then being burned by that, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we've all experienced, somebody burning us for, you know, whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But then, struggling with that, feeling like you let somebody down and that you were let down and that you're not good enough to now be a hero, going through this whole hero journey, um, you, yeah, you, you finally trust your intuition. Right. Um, the, the, move, the move is, it's, it's the move from adolescent, from like childhood to adolescence. It's like, yeah, you so trust. It's not so it, much not learning how to not trust people, but it's learning how to trust your intuition. To trust yourself, right? Like yeah. that, you know, you move from being a child who projects all of his trust onto an external authority and then mm-hmm. naively runs into, you know, someone who would deceive him. And so that leads to, you know, a mistake. But then later he needs to learn how to listen to himself and to trust himself. Right. Um, which is good. I mean, that's a good lesson, right? Like yes. there's. But it's not the ultimate lesson. Like we're good, you know, our consciences are good because they're formed by. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, See, that's and that goes back to my first critique, is that right. there is no God in this universe. There's right. nothing beyond any of these characters. Every character right. in the Avengers, is, and this is why I get so agitated with Captain Marvel being the most powerful person in the universe. It's like, okay, we've reached the limit then of power, but <laughs> that's okay, that's the ceiling, but none of these things are predicated on anything beyond themselves. None of them can prove themselves. None of them can cause themselves. They all are contingent beings that don't have any cause? Like, what is the source of their strength? There is just nothing. It's just... Was there no source in that movie? In Captain Marvel? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she gets her power from the scrolls or the Kree or one of them, whatever. But, like, <laughs> everything is natural, material, uh-huh. mechanical yeah. right. strength, right, right, you know? Right, right. Even Thor. So they've, right? they've created Thor- this ultimate power. And Thor himself is not a god. He's just described as, you know, an alien that has mm-hmm. a special kind of technology, right? The technology yeah. of harnessing the power of a star, um, you know, that wields the hammer. Now, again, maybe going back to Thor 1, Thor 1 actually did a good job of communicating that there's worthiness beyond just, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and it's then, not just because I made this. Right. You actually and have to now deserve I'm not it. worthy to hold it, yeah. So maybe maybe in Mjolnir still, even in Endgame, you have a sense of there being worthiness. Well, you do, you do, because remember one of the things that Tony said to uh, to Cap was the only, what was it, the the best things about you came out of a out of a test tube, right? And then he picks up the hammer, so yeah. clearly not everything. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there's in there's there's some there's some leanings there towards a principle of morality that's higher than you know, these people, um, it just raises a lot of questions for me about how do these people, like, where is morality? How do these people know what's good and bad? Um, yeah. Where's God? You know, everything yeah, is about, well, I, was talk- I was talking to one of the guys that I watched it with and he made a good point. He said, look at all of these movies. Like, every movie, the heroes don't do good. They just mm-hmm. react against evil. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And mm, that's, all, yeah. that's, all they're, that's all they're good for is... There's a threat, and then we address the threat. But there's nothing pro- proactive about doing good. It's just about right. Well, that was Mysterio harm. as well. Like his whole thing was he needed to create an Avengers level threat. Mm-hmm. Right, and then defend himself against it and prove himself a hero. It's like, yeah. but what do heroes actually do? Like, do you, <laughs> do you do anything, or do you just <laughs> react against evil? Uh-huh, you know, does uh-huh. the good see? Actually, maybe maybe this is my subversive interpretation here. It seems like what we're saying is evil exists and good is the absence of evil. 
Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, which is the exact opposite. Right. It should be that goodness exists and evil is the deprivation of the good. But what we're saying in a lot of these movies is that evil is an yeah, is a is a force that will always yeah. exist. Yeah. Hmm. And sometimes we can get a rest from the evil because we have strong right. enough heroes. Right, 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 right. Hmm. I like that. I need to think about that some more. So we've got I mean this is this is biblical, right? I mean you go back um and God is the one that creates, I mean, look at Gen- Genesis. God created order and right, well, right order out of chaos. Mm-hmm. So, so is that chaos? Well, we're not saying chaos is evil. Okay, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about that some more. Yeah. Well, the biblical witness is a little bit difficult to understand because the chaos, the waters of chaos do exist primarily before the logos but is that just is that just imagery that we use to understand what god is doing because philosophically we speak of god creating out of nothing right and also a lot of that imagery came from the exile and the jewish people hoping that in their chaotic existence um, of being in babylon that god would once again come and bring order restore order yeah yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think there might be something there of like, none of these movies exist to demonstrate good. They exist mm-hmm. to show how good is there to save us when evil, which is inevitable, will come, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And notice, notice what is the line that, that uh, Thanos says at the end of the movie of Endgame? I am inevitable. He's inevitable. No, what does he say? That's, uh, that's the Matrix. <laughs> no, it's true. It's I am inevitable. Uh-huh. Yeah, is that he's it inevitable. Inevitable. That's Mr. Right. Anderson. Well, good. <laughs> this is good. These are good hot takes. So, yeah. What's the next uh, superhero movie we're gonna watch? Ooh, I don't even know what's coming out. Oh, you know what is coming out though? There's a Prime series at the end of the month that could be interesting. What's it called? It's like The Boys or something like that. Yeah. See if um, in Canada. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, the next movie that I'm looking forward to watching is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, just because I like Tarantino. Tarantino. Have you heard about his Star Trek thing? Yes, rated R Star Trek. Tarantino. Got to watch I it. I don't like it. Of course not. Uh, of course <laughs> not. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, this ends our first set of hot takes, and it was good. Hot take. Cool, bro. Yeah, buddy. All right. See you later, man. All right. Cheers. Peace. Peace.